welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. Are you ready to take care of yourself first? I certainly hope so, friend. And I'm so excited to bring this super sassy episode to you today. It's with my DO sister, Dr. Nicole Washington. And we are talking about how the system is designed for female physicians to fail. Mm, mic drop. I think it's going to be one of the most powerful conversations that I've had. Dr. Washington is doing just phenomenal work in mental health for female physicians. And let me tell you, we need her in our corner. So listen to this conversation and stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Nicole Washington. It is so great to have you on here. I'm so happy to be on. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little spunky today, as always. Got a little caffeine buzz going, but I am just so excited to be talking to you. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about the amazing work that you were doing in the world? I am a board certified psychiatrist. I am based in Oklahoma, but licensed in about eight states now. And I provide a lot of care to the busy professional woman, lots of physicians and attorneys and executives, and just trying to help them navigate this world that seems to be difficult for us to sometimes figure out how to navigate. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. The system is designed for female physicians to fail. Girl, you are speaking my language right now. So tell me more about the work that you're doing in the world and how you're seeing this in the system. It goes back to when I was finishing up residency and I interviewed for a job at a local facility and the CEO was going on and on about how, well, you can work this much extra for this and you can do this much extra for that. And I, you know, I told him, I said, hey, you know, I'm just not really looking to work every weekend or, you know, I'm not trying to be here 10, 12 hours a day. And he said to me, well, I just don't know what, you know, you new doctors, you just don't want to work as much as your counterparts did, you know, back in the day. And I told him, I said, you're right. We, we don't, um, you know, I said, I, I love my husband and I love my children and I want them to like me years down the road. And a lot of those older male doctors are divorced or their kids hate them or, you know, they have all kinds of issues. So yeah, you're right. You know, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. And that was my first glimpse into I'm entering a system that literally was not meant for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a very similar experience that it took me burning out to finally realize that I'm not a square peg in a square hole. I'm a round peg that's trying to be shoved into a square hole. That the traditional system was not built for me. And that's actually okay. I had a great mindset shift around working part time. I was instead of you work this hard to only work three days a week to you work this hard to only work three days a week. 
And it totally changed the inflection, the way that I look at it. So tell me more of what you're doing in this work in the world, because I think it's fascinating. Right. So I, you know, I had kids during school and training and I had my first kid when I was a third year medical student. I had my first, that's my second kid when I was a third year resident. And so here I am, this third year resident, you know, I have this baby, my first son, my son was born prematurely. So there was all of that stress and and drama. And then I carry my daughter to term. She's due, you know, we're going to do a C-section on January 13th, but I'm on inpatient service in January, right? So I end up being on call every other night for the first 12 days of the month. So as not to inconvenience my male counterparts who were on service, right? Because none of us as women in medicine want to be that woman, right? We don't want to be that one who, oh, she's pregnant and she's expecting, you know, special treatment or, oh, here we go. So I took call. I gave birth to her on a Friday. I had some complications, ended up back in the hospital on Monday. The next Friday, I had a pacemaker put in and then... And then two weeks after that, I was back in academic afternoon and in my half day a week continuity clinic. And I was a mess. So I was, I have this condition where I found out that mostly in my sleep, my heart would stop beating for for random periods of time, six seconds, nine seconds, long enough to be concerned to see it on a rhythm strip, right? And so I was a nervous wreck. I was having panic attacks. So you throw in all the, you know, stress of I'm a new mom with this new baby. My hormones are all over the place. I was an anxious, nervous wreck because all of a sudden I had a pacemaker and I wasn't even 30. And here I was dealing with all of this. Oh my God, I'm going to die. And I was having horrible panic attacks all the time. And I felt like I had nowhere to turn. Like nowhere. I had nowhere to go. And as a psychiatrist, I think I, I know most physicians and most, you know, if you're a recognizable figure in your community or you have the ability to be a recognizable figure, seeking treatment can be kind of scary, right? Are they going to see you? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? As a psychiatrist, I felt I felt like it was 10 times worse, right? Because the therapists, I, the ones I knew that were really good, I knew them in some capacity, so I couldn't go to them. There were some that I thought, well, I'd never go to them. And then there's still all the, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? So I dealt with it on my own, alone. Um, Luckily, you know, I have the tools to deal with it alone. I kind of CBT'd myself and um, I was, I was actually able to move through that really, really horrible time in my career. But over the course of my career, I always thought about that. Like, what is, you know, what do we do? Like, what does the doctor do? when you are struggling, like, you know, who are we supposed to go see? Um, You know, stigma is real. And if you're a pediatrician and you're seeing a psychiatrist office by one of the parents or one of your kiddos, you know, you know, it's very likely that person's going to go, oh, I wonder why Dr. So-and-so is here. Forget that they're there. You know, they don't want their kid's doctor being there. And that in and of itself just really you know, stops us from going out and, and seeking the, the help we need. So after being in practice for several years and working in different environments, I decided to do something about it. You know, I, I got a master's in public health and we know about all the numbers with the increase in physician suicides. And I just kept thinking, what about those of us though, who are just out here suffering though? And not, you know, what about, what about those of us who, who are suffering 
but did not get to that point where they completed, right? What about the doctors out there who are having the thoughts every day and trying to take care of patients and trying to, you know, manage life? And what about those people? So I started a practice and um, didn't look back. I left an employed position because again, those settings um, sometimes tend not to be built for us. And um, I, I take care of mostly docs and, and people who are recognizable in their communities who want a little bit more anonymity. So I do a lot of telepsych and, um, you know, just I, I work around people's schedules, right? Because, you know, if you're a busy mom trying to leave in the middle of the day to drive across town, to go to an appointment, to drive back, to manage kids, that can be tough, you know? I've seen surgeons at 6 a.m. before they go into the hospital. I've seen people at eight o'clock at night because that was what was most convenient for them. So I've tried to build a model that really, really speaks to like the female physician who is really struggling. Right. Because she's the one that absolutely needs the message and the psychotherapy work that you're right. doing. Right. When did you transition to this practice? I train. I, so I, I completed training in 07 and for about, you know, I did academics for a while and that was great. It gave me a certain lifestyle. That was fantastic. I worked in a community mental health setting for a while, but it was, it was uh, two years ago that I transitioned full-time into, into this, this world. So about two years ago, I finally decided, you know, I was in a position where I thought, I don't, I don't want to do this forever. I don't, I, I want my schedule to be mine. My kids were getting older and um, I wanted to be able to be there for those last couple years of my son being in high school. I wanted to be there in a way that I had not been there previously. And so this has, for the past couple of years, given me the opportunity to kind of, you know, call my own, call my own shots. Yeah. And to really, what I hear you saying is that you can meet people at a pain point that you thoroughly understand and have the God-given gifts to take care of. Yes. And I find that sometimes just saying to uh, another female doc, just saying, same, you know, <laughs> when they, when they are pouring it out and just, you know, all these feelings and I just go, yeah, I felt that before. Even that I've had people tell me, you know, even just hearing you say that you dealt with that before took a load. Because we just do not, in medicine, talk about that kind of stuff. We just don't. Yeah. I mean, look at some of the studies that are coming out specifically around female physicians. And I think one of them was specifically talking about suicidal ideation. You know, nowhere else in medical research have female physicians felt safe enough to even crack open their heads and talk about what's going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And we, we have... We have you know, you have bad outcomes, you have just the stresses of being a mom and a wife and a partner and a, you know, daughter and a, you know, you have alls and then, and you're still trying to figure out how to take care of everybody. And sometimes you fall to the wayside and, and we just don't talk about the mental health effect of that because we are worried about what our male colleagues will think or, you know, how they will treat us because some of them will treat you You know, I remember my first lesson in that was I was a third year student and I was pregnant 
and another peer of mine was also pregnant. And I remember her having to break scrub to go to the bathroom because she just couldn't hold it any longer. And the way that she was talked about by the other medical students, um, by the male residents, um, heck, the way that those male residents, even the male residents and attendings talked about other female attendings who had previously been pregnant while, you know, being an attending and how they talked about, you know, her for having to use a chair in surgery because she was pregnant. And, you know, those kind of things just really, really hit me that, man, you know, this is, this is not, this is not going to be an easy road. And, you know, as a third year student, just starting out, you kind of think, oh, this is going to be great. This is fantastic. And then, you know, I find myself, I found myself, you know, wearing, wearing depends in surgeries because I didn't want to be that student, right? I was pregnant. And so I was thinking, heck no, nah, I'm not, I'm not breaking scrub for any reason. Um, because you learn those lessons early on. Yeah, definitely. That's what I like to call the hidden curriculum. Mm-hmm. The rules, the, the unwritten rules, right? Yeah, exactly. So give me your thoughts and your perspective. Do you see the system changing specifically for female physicians to be more sustainable for us? I think so. I think we are so much more vocal, even here in the past you know, year or two. I think I've seen a significant increase in a huge increase actually in people at least talking about it. I think with a lot of the public attention and especially now with the pandemic and everybody is talking about mental health, you know, this, this may be what it took for us to finally be okay talking about it. So many physicians, male, female, across specialties are going to have a lot of psychological stress related to this pandemic and this may be this may be what opens that door a little bit for us to start talking about it more and I do think also that we're in a position now where people are starting to realize that our culture is messed up and our environments are messed up and that there's no amount of spa days or pedicures that is going to undo the system that we've been trying to function in Mm, preach girl take me to church I love it So my next thing is, too, then, for I know that there are people out there with hurting hearts who are listening to this right now who need to talk to you. How do they start this relationship and how does it work on your end if there's any psychiatrists who are thinking about this as well? Typically, when somebody reaches out, my initial my initial questioning is what state are you living in? So I can make sure that I'm licensed in that state. If I am not, I work pretty hard to try to find somebody who is licensed in that state that is capable of seeing that person because I, I don't ever want to just leave it at, well, I can't help you. And I'm sorry. Um, I really do work to try to, and actually when this, um, when this, pandemic started and there were so many psychiatrists saying, Hey, I want to be helpful for, um, I want to be helpful to our peers. I want to be helpful to our colleagues who are struggling. And so I launched this website. Um, it's physiciantmentalhealth.com, fairly easy to, to remember. And there right now is a listing of psychiatrists across the country who have said, Hey, I have the ability to see other docs via telemedicine. So 
that is a resource um, that people can go to. And I, I really have really, really strong hopes for that website in the future and going forward of what it can do as far as advocacy and education and resources. I mean, I, I really do have high hopes for that. For me personally, um, once we decide that I am licensed in your state, I can do a 15 minute kind of exploration call. We hop in Zoom. Uh, I just want to make sure you know, you know, you get to see me and meet me and see if you can handle me. And um, we just talk a little bit about what you hope to accomplish. I will say probably 85% of the people I see don't take medicine. Uh, most of them are just needing an ear and they prefer to have a psychiatrist ear versus a therapist. And, and, and that's okay. Uh, I think, you know, that is appropriate for who that's appropriate for. And we just figure out what it's going to take for them to feel successful and what I can do. And we just talk through whether I think I can help them with that. And if they decide to, then we move forward with planning a visit and our visits are uh, via telemedicine and, um, everything else is pretty much the same, but the, the actual visit occurs over the computer, which is convenient because you can be in your office. I've had docs go out to their car in the parking garage uh, to visit with me. I've visited with surgeons at six in the morning and uh, whatever it took um, to help them be successful, because I know what that's like when you don't have time in the middle of a Wednesday afternoon to just drop everything for an appointment. So I offer weekend appointments, I offer evenings, I offer before work appointments to try to make that a, a, an easier process. Gosh, I love it so much. And also, can you talk a little bit about your book for those who are maybe not ready to jump in with therapy with you, but have this option as well? Yeah. So when I first started this process, I wrote this book. It's called uh, From Introspection to Action, The High-Level Professional's 28-Day Journey to Improving Mental Health. And this book is super easy because I also know that most of us don't have time to read uh, things that are extremely wordy outside of our medical journals. Uh, so this book is a, literally a 28-day guide. It should take you no more than five to 10 minutes a day to to read the, the entry for the day. So the first seven days is all about just kind of psych 101. Most of you know the doctors out there, you, you went through your psych rotation, but that may have been some years ago. So you may not remember the ins and outs of depression and bipolar and, and the anxiety disorders. And so we just go through some education stuff, some general psychiatric education. And the next two weeks or so the next 14 days are different, um, automatic thoughts, negative thoughts that we sometimes have that interfere with our functioning. And so we give you a little scenario and a few questions to answer at the end. So, you know, the book is called From Introspection to Action for a Reason. I want you to think about it. I want you to look inside yourself. I want you to think through what it is that is going on with you. So those first three weeks are all about the introspection part. And then we get to the action. So in week four, it's about developing your plan. Everybody doesn't need a therapist. Everybody doesn't need a psychiatrist. Some people do need, you know, to give themselves permission to have a spa day, right? Some people do because so many of us feel guilty when we take time for ourselves. Uh, we feel guilty about taking lunch. We feel guilty about just doing anything for us because we feel selfish and well, I don't see my kids enough and I feel bad when I take time for me. So some people do need that. Some people, you just need a better team on your side, right? Like some, you need a better team. You need to know who is your team 
um, and you need those people there and ready for you when you need them. And some of um, us will need a therapist and or a psychiatrist. And so we talk about the action part and, you know, you deciding what action you need to take once you get through the book the first three weeks. So that's that's the, the, the 28 day one month to just helping you figure out, OK, what are my needs and what do I need to do about them? Dr. Washington, oh my God, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I love you already so much. You brought the sass today. You brought so many resources to help out other female physicians. And I just so appreciate calling you colleague and friend and for you sharing your heart and your story. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Dr. Washington for coming on the podcast, for sharing your truth and for helping other female physicians as well. You are my soul sister, my DO sister, and I just want to shout what you are doing to the the rooftops so that we all can be better together, that we can start making square holes into round holes for round pegs like me. And I just love the work that you're doing. And so my kick of encouragement today is a couple of things. First, reach out for help. As you can see, I keep pouring out more and more resources how you can doctor yourself first. And Dr. Nicole Washington is definitely one of those. And if she can't help you, then look at the website at physicianmentalhealth.com or talk with her and see if there's somebody in your state who you can talk with. If therapy is not what you're thinking, but coaching, come on over, hang out with me at the Physician Coaching Alliance. There's about 30 plus of us physician coaches hanging out there, and we would love to have conversations with you and to help you move forward in your best life and also to help you find your fit. Yes, traditional medicine is not always friendly to female physicians, but there are a lot of other places that absolutely are, and I want to just encourage you, embolden you, inspire you to seek those out. No more life-sucking work. Mm-mm. I want you to be on fire. I want to have work that's sustainable for you and that you find joy in. And that is absolutely possible. And then the second thing that I want to mention besides getting help is getting community. I can't say it enough. Community is so important in your life. To have people who are around you, who can help hold you up through hard times, who can you be the support to them as well. And having a collective voice is so powerful. So find your community. If you don't have one, consider coming into the Patreon group for Dr. Me First. We're forming our own little small community. Let it be small but mighty, people. So come on and hang with us if you want extra episodes, if you want to have more community, if you want to talk to me on a more intimate basis. I'd love to have you in there. And also, as always, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye, friend.